Welcome to the New Yorker's May 28, 2012 issue. We have six articles for you. In the financial page, James Surowiecki turns over the pros and cons of Facebook's IPO. Next, Kalefa Sena reports on how Arizona became a battleground. Then, Charlene Hunter-Gault investigates a rape crisis in South Africa. After that, Arthur Crystal writes about guilty pleasures without guilt. And finally, in the current cinema, David Denby reviews the comedy The Dictator, starring Sasha Baron Cohen, and the French film The Intouchables. But first, it's this week's comment. In The Cost of College, Nicholas Lemon reports on how the higher education bubble is ready to pop. It was satisfying to watch the two presidential candidates find their ways to absolutely opposed positions on gay marriage. Elections are supposed to present us with clear choices like that, but they usually don't. Just two weeks earlier, on an issue that affects many more people, Barack Obama had taken a stand that he evidently thought would also showcase a sharp contrast between him and Mitt Romney a temporary reduction in an interest rate that makes some federal student loans more affordable is due to expire on July 1st, and Obama called for its extension. Republicans in Congress have fought Obama on the interest rate, saying that keeping it low would add to the federal deficit. Last month, in response, Obama delivered a rip-roaring address at the University of North Carolina, in which he mocked the Republicans for wanting to make hard-working, non-affluent students victims of their budget-cutting impulses. Just the day before, however, Romney had let it be known that he, too, is in favor of extending the rate. This was a contrast that he chose not to draw. This graduation season, the national conversation seems to be going into apocalypse mode about the cost of higher education. Tuition has been rising faster than the inflation rate for years, even through the Great Recession. State governments are cutting funding and thus pushing more students into the loan market. Student loan debt is also rapidly rising. Hundreds of thousands of students start college every year, but only about three-fifths get a degree. The job market for graduates is weak. Two years ago, Steve Eisman, the investor who made a fortune shorting subprime mortgages, gave a speech entitled Subprime Goes to College, in which he predicted a 2008-style meltdown at for-profit universities driven by systemic defaults on student loans. That prediction is now being applied to traditional colleges, too. Why, then, are both candidates proposing to further inflate a bubble that's about to burst? There are all sorts of internal forces on campuses that drive tuition upward, but they are less important in setting the price of an education than is the conviction that college is an unbeatable investment for a better life. As Obama put it in North Carolina, in today's economy there's no greater predictor of individual success than a good education. Right now, the unemployment rate for Americans with a college degree or more is about half the national average. The incomes of folks with a college degree are twice as high as those who don't have a high school diploma. These figures communicate the all-over reality of the situation better than do the anecdotes about heavily indebted graduates who can't find jobs. And it is also true that, thanks to a widespread springtime ritual known as discounting, higher education's version of airlines and hotels' variable pricing in which incoming students get grants to reduce their tuition, 
the actual price of higher education is less shockingly high. Still, many programs, especially those which claim to lead to high-paying jobs, use deceptive recruiting practices that both overstate graduates' employment prospects and understate students' financial obligations. Liberal arts colleges, which stress their non-economic value, aren't so guilty of such practices. The Obama administration has pushed for reform, at least in the case of for-profit universities. Yet no enterprise has an unlimited capacity to fleece consumers. If higher education is truly overpriced, its costs will go down when students and their parents stop perceiving it as being limitlessly valuable. There is a larger issue. College costs so much because people are paying for unstated social goals—